Welcome to the July 21st, 2023 episode of the Winning Never Sleeps Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brian O'Donnell. Today, we got a mock draft for you, drafting out of the four spot. So we're going to experiment a little bit, unlike last time where we went running back early. This time, we're going to try to go receiver early and see what kind of roster we can build out of that early draft slot. But first, an ad from our sponsor. I want to tell you about a new company, fantasysportsdocs.com, doing something no one has ever seen before in the fantasy football space. I know that almost every league, including those that I play in, has a trophy, belt, or ring for the champion. Fantasysportsdocs.com has come up with something that's incredibly unique, affordable 30 for 30 style documentaries about your league's playoffs. I know what you're thinking. This has to be expensive, right? Wrong. Prices start at less than $20 per team in a standard 10 or 12 team league. In fact, some leagues low $79. I mean, that's an incredible deal. It has to be time consuming, right? Wrong. It only takes about three to five minutes per playoff team per round where you answer a series of questions on their easy to use video interview platform. You can even do as many takes as you want before you submit your final submission. Just imagine it's your year. It's your first or your 10th championship. A trophy or a belt is nice, but you can't watch it again. It just sits on your desk collecting dust. You can't taunt your teammates from hundreds of miles away by sending them a link to the video just to remind them of your championship. Trophies and belts don't tell your playoff story, but a fantasy sports doc does. Check them out at fantasysportsdocs.com today. For the mock draft today, picking out of the four spot in a 12-team league, this is on Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Uh, I know a lot of people, obviously, like I've talked about before, each platform has different rankings, slightly different ADPs, but the ADPs tend to tend to marry up a little bit. Um, so out of the four spot today, the last time we did a mock draft out of the three spot, I intentionally went running back early to see how my roster construction would look before, you know, by the end of the draft. This time around, we're going to try to go with a receiver early. So right out of the gate, I'm targeting uh, one of my top three receivers, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or Cooper Cup. So whichever one is the highest ranked receiver available, um, then I will take them. Obviously, if the three of them are gone, which I doubt, my fourth receiver would be Tyreek Hill. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, personally, you know, you guys know what my opinion is in terms of taking running backs early and often. I don't want to be desperate for a running back in the middle of the year. I can find receivers. In fact, there are every year there are receivers who go undrafted who by week one or two show that they're they're fantasy relevant and fantasy starters. However, I do understand the productivity of a Jamar Chase, of a Justin Jefferson, or a Cooper Cup. Uh, when I went over the top 10 receivers a few weeks ago, talked about how a guy like Cooper Cup, who I think is severely underrated this year, he's back, he's healthy, he's going to see the majority of the targets in that offense. I project him for well over 170 targets. When he played last year, he was on pace to go over 300 points again. 
And this is coming off the heels of what was an incredible 2021 season when the Rams won the Super Bowl. Okay, so the draft is is underway. Christian McCaffrey goes first off the board. I still have my three receivers available to me. Jamar Chase went number two. Justin Jefferson, number three. So it's my turn now. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup since he is my my next ranked receiver. And we'll see how this, we'll see how it sort of shakes out by the end of it. Looking ahead, this is where I would typically, you know, try to line up my cue, um, try to target some guys around that second pick. Given that pick is pick number 21, uh, on Yahoo, it looks like the 21st ranked player is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, I always like to sort by ADP when I'm in the draft room, just because I think it gives me a better sense of what other people may be thinking. I have my own rankings, but I also want to factor in the ADP for, you know, what, what most people are, are doing when they're on the clock. So this way I can sort of determine if I have to play the ADP game, what is the likelihood that a player comes back around to me? Do I have to take him now if I really like him? Or can I wait till the next round? So when I'm going receiver first, typically second, I would be looking for a running back. I want to see what running backs are available and how those compare to my overall rankings before I make any decision. I am higher. I am higher on a guy like Mark Andrews than I am on, on some of the, the players that are out there. So with three picks before my turn, looks like Tony Pollard is still on the board. CD lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Travis, ATN. So if Tony Pollard's still on the board, he would likely be my pick. And he is still on the board. So I'm going to go Tony Pollard in round two. I think this is a great value considering I have Tony Pollard at number eight overall. So now on the turn, I'm really sort of looking at best player available, right? I have a receiver. I have a running back. At this point, I'm not opposed to going with a Mark Andrews if he's available. If Andrews isn't there, then I will most likely go with a receiver or running back. It's probably a little too early for me to take one of the quarterbacks, although I'm not opposed to it. Um, it's something that I'm I'm open to, um, willing to see how it plays out. Okay, so Amon Ross St. Brown went right after me at number 22, Brees Hall, 23, Jalen Waddell, 24. Now, had Pollard not been there, I likely would have went with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, and I would have doubled up at receiver and then hoped to take a running back with the next selection. Maybe target a Kenneth Walker or an Aaron Jones, somebody along those lines. Okay, so it's one pick before uh, before my turn. I want to experiment a little bit here. So it's my turn. 
the top quarterbacks available, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, but Mark Andrews is the highest ranked player that I have available at this moment. So I'm going to go with Mark Andrews and I want to see how this draft shakes out by taking a tight end early. So now with some time to wait, uh, looks like uh, Patrick Mahomes went in the pick before me, Travis Etienne at 26, Olave at 25. Kenneth Walker went quickly off the board after I took Mark Andrews. So at this point, I'm starting to look ahead in terms of who is available at the time of my next pick or who may be available at the time of my next pick. Ideally, players like DeAndre Hopkins, Jameer Gibbs, a Lamar Jackson. These are players that I would be considering. If Hertz or Josh Allen fell to me, then I would absolutely jump all over them at this point. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, is I have in that uh, in the Lamar Jackson range as well. In fact, I have Joe Burrow ahead of Lamar Jackson. So, just waiting and seeing how this sort of plays out. As we go further through the the pre-draft process, I'm a little lower on Debo Samuel. I think I'm going to update that in my my updated rankings. But right now I'm looking at if Allen or Hurts somehow fell to me, I'd be looking at one of them. Um, it lo that looks unlikely at this point, considering they just went off the board of 32 and 33. Uh, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins. And TJ Hawkinson. So we basically saw a a run on running back. And they were mainly my tier four, my tier three and four running backs, where where we saw this big swing of running backs go like four straight um in the, the middle of round four. So one pick before my turn. Uh my top ranked players available are Joe Burrow. Yeah, so Joe Burrow is my highest ranked player available. DeAndre Hopkins, I have ranked fairly highly. Um, I have him ranked right around the Joe Burrow mark. Okay, so it's my it's my turn to draft. Those are my highest ranked players available, slightly ahead of James Conner. So at this point in time, I'm going to take. Joe Burrow with this selection. In fact, I'm not going to take Joe Burrow. What I'm going to do here, because I see a gap at running back and flex, I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins here, given he's the number one receiver in Tennessee. And it'll make I feel good pairing him with Cooper Cup. And then on the backswing where I come back in round five, my target is either a Joe Burrow, a James Connor, or a Justin Fields. So at this point, I'm looking to get my second running back or my quarterback because I have these quarterbacks ranked very highly. I think if I wait on a Fields, my next chance to get a quarterback in terms of the rankings and those top eight that I really want to get, I'm going to have a hard time doing so. Okay, so it came back to me. Joe Burrow is still available. 
just perusing down to see what kind of running backs I might be looking at if I wait to take a running back? You know, that next range, it's not ideal. Um, so this is where I'm going to pivot a little bit again, because I just don't like the way their running backs shake out later on. I'm going to take James Conner here. Okay, so now I have Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Tony Pollard, James Conner, and Mark Andrews. So at this point, I feel really good about my starters at the main positions. And I, at this point, I still need a quarterback and a flex. So that will be my target. The flex I'll be going with best player available. And I'll also be taking my highest ranked quarterback next. I'm not somebody who says I'm going to start stacking up other positions before I take a quarterback. It is imperative to me that I get a quarterback to, of my liking. All right. And the highest ranked uh, quarterbacks available for me are actually Justin Herbert and Justin Fields. So both of those are still available. I have Justin Herbert slightly ahead of Justin Fields, followed by Aaron Rodgers. I'm much higher on Aaron Rodgers than others, but I know that I can wait a little bit on, on Aaron Rodgers. So if push came to shove, and I'm at that next pick, I would take my flex first before I would go Rodgers because I, I don't feel like it's a it's a worry. Um, now, if I'm in a league where I'm playing with a lot of Jets fans, I can safely make the assumption somebody is going to draft Rodgers higher than ADP or higher than than their over his overall rank. Fields went off the board at number 59 right after DJ Moore at 58. Alvin Kamara went off the board at 57. Godwin at 56. Goddard, London, and Lockett, and Joe Burrow. So a little interesting here, you know, Alvin Kamara going 57. What we're really waiting on there is what kind of suspension he is going to get. Justin Herbert just went off the board as well. So at this point, my top seven quarterbacks are off the board. It's not ideal in terms of the situation that I am in. I am at this point looking at Aaron Rodgers, but I would not be taking him right away. I will be looking at my top ranked flex. David Montgomery just went at 64. Just doing a quick review in terms of my highest ranked player available. Uh, Alexander Madison and Christian Watson are both available. My players 43 and 44. So I would feel really good about one of them as my flex. And then I also have available to me, Mike Evans. Madison and Watson both went off the board, followed by Trevor Lawrence. It's now my turn. At this point, I'm going to take Mike Evans, who is my highest ranked player, and he will fill my, my flex position. If Dalvin Cook had his situation resolved, which I touched on earlier, 
um, I would have considered him at this spot. But I think if his if his situation clears up both off the field and on the field in terms of contract um, and his off the field accusations, then I would feel better about taking him higher. Uh, but at this point, that's that's not going to happen. So in terms of quarterbacks that are available, Aaron Rodgers' ADP is 107. Um, I think I can wait. I would like to experiment to see just how long I can wait before before I have to take him. So as of right now, I have Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Tony Pollard, James Conner, Mark Andrews, Mike Evans. I would like to take a quarterback. I don't feel that I'm pigeonholed into taking one right away. After I took Evans, Mike Williams from the Chargers went off the board. Rashad Penny, Darren Waller. Dalvin Cook is still available. If he is there at my next pick, I will select him. Because given the rest of the running backs available, my highest ranked running back other than him that is available is DeAndre Swift, who I'm not ecstatic about. And it looks like Dalvin Cook went right before my selection. So go back, take a look at overall players available. I would like to take another running back. At this point, I will take DeAndre Swift. So he gives me a little flexibility in case something happens with Tony Pollard or James Conner. Um, hoping that DeAndre Swift can fill a Miles Sanders type role in Philadelphia. Hopefully it's not Rashad Penny. Uh, it very well could be though. So, you know, if Swift is somebody who gets quite a bit of work in Philadelphia, then it will be beneficial for me. Um, I think my rankings of the running backs could evolve a little bit as we get a little bit more information, particularly as it relates to Penny and Swift. And then with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet in Seattle, as well as the Bears backfield with Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Roshan Johnson. I would also consider Javante Williams um, if I had gone back and did it again. Um, Javante, you know, it's really a health situation. How how healthy is this knee, and when will he be one hundred percent? That's that's unclear. We can't really answer that at this point. Now, if I'm, since I drafted Mark Andrews, I am going to queue up Isaiah Likely to take him later in the draft. Okay. This was a tactic that I employed last year when Mark Andrews was out. Isaiah Likely was very fantasy relevant. Lamar Jackson is someone who likes to throw to the tight end. It wasn't just their offense designed that way. Lamar Jackson likes to work the middle of the field. So if Mark Andrews gets injured, I feel really comfortable plugging in Isaiah Likely. So he's somebody that I would be targeting later on in the draft and somebody I could probably get with my last pick. So that's just something to keep in mind if you're drafting a guy like Mark Andrews. I don't think the same can be said for Kansas City. Um, 
you know, their backup situations are not as elite or not as quality as Isaiah likely would be uh, if Mark Andrews was to, to get injured. So now we're about four picks away. We're starting to see a run on defenses. Again, I absolutely despise anyone who takes a defense in the eighth round. It's just disgusting. I, I have nothing but bad things to say about that. I don't care. I don't care if you think you're drafting the best defense in the league. You will you will reach a point in the season where it'll be playoff time and you'll look at that matchup and you'll see your number one defense playing Kansas City and you'll say, God, do I really want to play them this week? Do I, can I really start them this week? There's a darn good chance they give up 35 points because this is Kansas City. So this is what you have to be careful about. It'll it'll be good some weeks, but it's not good every week. Defenses are meant to be streamed. Look for matchups. If you don't do that, then you're just making a mistake. So at this point, I don't want to play Russian roulette anymore. I want to get my quarterback. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers here. So I took Aaron Rodgers to round out my starting lineup. Now, at this point in time, I have three running backs. I have three receivers. I have a tight end. And I just added a quarterback. I'm back into the mode of best player available. I am very high on Aaron Rodgers. But I'm also high on some of these other quarterbacks where I feel like if I have somebody ranked highly, I will consider drafting them. Right? Tua Tungavaloa, when he played last year, was very good. Okay. I would consider taking him here. He is my quarterback number 11. Okay. I have him just ahead of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is also still available. Okay. I think with two of his weapons, though, he's a little safer. Again, these are just players that I would consider taking at this point. I would also consider Geno Smith later on just because of, of his weapon situation. And it's a no risk. I already have a starting quarterback. Now, moving over to positional players, my highest ranked player still available. We got guys like Brian Robinson, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Jahan Dotson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I have three running backs. I don't have a backup receiver at this point. So at this point, I'm going to look at wide receivers and I'm going to take my highest ranked receiver still available. And I'm going to take the ceiling of a Jackson Smith and Jigba at this point. So I took Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. The Jordan Addison news that came out that I touched on earlier sort of may affect my rankings. I haven't decided that yet. Obviously, it's concerning. The guy has some injury issues. And anytime, you know, look, I understand that he wasn't under the influence. So, you know, it was like, you know, if he was doing 140 and he was under the influence of something, then, you know, societally, I, I feel like he'd be looked upon even worse. 
but the guy's doing 140 miles an hour in 55 zone. I can't, I can't think of anywhere I've been in the United States where I thought it was a good idea to go 140 miles an hour. Like it just, it, it's, it seems nonsensical to me, but that's a position that he found himself in and, and it's just baffling, absolutely baffling. Okay, so it's coming back around to, to my turn. You know, this is a place where I'm targeting Michael Thomas. I'm willing to take a flyer here because he would be my fifth receiver, but he has the potential to be an elite receiver. Okay. At the same time, the running backs that are available, you know, the best we're looking at is a Samaj P. Ryan. So if you remember my my podcast last week or earlier in the week, Samaj P. Ryan will have early season value. So at this point, I'm taking Samaj P. Ryan. It was a tough decision uh, given that Michael Thomas is still available, but Michael Thomas, I think, will still be available as we come back around into round 11. Other players that I would consider in this range. You know, we still have Gabe Davis available. I personally don't love taking guys who are boom bust. You know, unless the boom bust is very Jalen Waddle like last year, where it's, yeah, only 75 catches, but he's going for 1,400 yards or 1,300 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. I I get very worried when the boom bust only results in about 900 points. I'm sorry, 900 yards on the season. Because yes, he could go for twenty-five one week, but he could also go for two, and and I I do not like I'm very risk averse when it comes to those types of lineup decisions unless my team is shaky elsewhere, and where I feel like I need to take big swings every single week. So, quarterbacks available um, that I like, or that I would even consider taking as a backup quarterback, um, still Geno Smith on the board. Kirk Cousins is on the board. You know, Kirk Cousins is, he is what he is. He's going to, he's, he's, you're able to start him many weeks. And, and then if you play him every single week, there will be weeks where he puts up a, a zero, like a one. Like it's, it's just something you're going to have to deal with. You know, I watched that uh, documentary. Um, you know, a lot of people liked him. I, I thought, it, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's a pretty goofy guy, pretty, pretty just average guy. And, um, maybe a little bit neurotic in terms of, you know, not in terms of his obsessiveness, but in just in terms of how often and the, when he'll bring up certain plays and, and it just, I thought it was a little bit, a little overthinking at times. Um, but you know, that's probably what makes him a good NFL quarterback. He's not a great NFL quarterback, but he's a good NFL quarterback. So we're approaching uh, round 12, a couple picks away. Kirk Cousins just went off the board along with Cole Komet, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jeff Wilson, Jared Goff. So at this point, I don't have a backup quarterback. You know, I would consider a guy like Matt Stafford, potentially. I'm not enthusiastic about it. Uh, a guy like Derek Carr could have some value.
So at this point, I'm going to take a quarterback here, and I'm going to go with uh, Matt Stafford. You know, somebody who I feel like is fairly safe. Russell Wilson had just gone off the board uh, right before my pick. I have Stafford ranked higher than Derek Carr. And the ceiling of Anthony Richardson was also off the board already. So I didn't view that as a, as a potential uh, selection. You know, as we get into round 13, 14, 15, that's when I start to think about defense. You know, I, I don't like to take defenses earlier than that. You know, the highest ranked defenses available are Baltimore, Miami, Atlanta. I don't know why Chicago is 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 ranked where they are. Denver. I think that'd be kind of silly uh, for anybody to take the Bears defense as a Bears fan. Uh, they were very bad last year. They definitely improved in some areas, but the defensive line is still, I think, lacking in terms of a pass rush. Uh, but I think they should be significantly better against their run this year. So what I always like to do, especially with the plan on streaming streaming defenses, is I want to I want to see who has the best matchups early in the season. Um, and I, having done this before, Cincinnati is a defense that I'm targeting. I think that they have a, a good week one matchup. You know, they're playing the Browns. Um, Vikings are playing the Bucks, which is not a bad matchup considering Baker Mayfield. But again, I don't know what the Bucks are exactly. The Ravens defense uh, would have been a good selection. They just went off the board at 144. They are playing the the bad Houston Texans. Um, so that would be something that I would be looking at. 49ers play the Steelers, Jaguars, and the Colts. You know, I don't know what the Colts are. I, you know, if if I if if Anthony Richardson's playing week one, I would consider Jacksonville. But if they're playing against Minshew, I feel like Minshew has a certain floor that you could bank on. You know, the Packers defense against the Bears, that would be an interesting one. Um, you know, everyone else is it, you know, you really want to target the bad offenses. Who do you think is going to have a terrible offensive line? And that's that's where you want to target. So if I'm looking at New England, you know, New England opens the season against the Eagles. I don't want to touch that anywhere. Cincinnati against the Browns is a good one. Commanders defense against uh, Arizona, which is the one I'm going to go with. Washington had a good defense last year, and they have a very favorable week one matchup. In week two, they play the Broncos. That could be favorable as well. Um, you know, that's something to keep in mind as you as you're trying to stream defenses. It's do you really want to go to the well in week two, or can you find a team with a good week one and week two matchup that you can play? And potentially the defense might be good enough where you can hold on to them for for most of the season or the whole season. Um, certainly run into situations like that, you know, over the course of uh, my life. And it's, it's certainly good when you find a, a defense that you can play most weeks and then you substitute here and there based on, based on matchups. Obviously 
you know, it seems like you have to pay up for those more elite defenses. But if you look at the course of the entire season, those elite defenses don't really wildly outperform someone who streams, right? You know, if let's say those defenses average 12 points. Well, if I stream defenses and average about nine, it's only a three point difference. That's not to me worth an eighth round pick. Eighth round pick, I would much rather take someone who could be a breakout, you know, young wide receiver or someone who's going to put up 200 points on the season. So as we wind down here, kicker will be the last pick. I never take a, a kicker before the last pick. So I have two picks remaining. I've taken two quarterbacks. At this point, I'm going to take Isaiah Likely to serve as an insurance policy for Mark Andrews. And then at the last pick, I will go with a whichever kicker is available. Again, I like to I like to look at matchups, right? I like I like somebody who's on a good offense. Uh, somebody who's on a good offense who is playing against a defense that is sort of bend but don't break, right? I don't want to be playing the worst defense. I want a good offense versus a middle of the road defense where I feel very comfortable with drive stalling around the red zone and, and settling for, for, uh, for field goals. Um, doesn't really matter first week of the season. Um, so at this point I'm going to take Dicker, the kicker from the chargers and roll with it that way. So as I wrap up the draft, um, we had Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, Cooper cup, Deandre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, and Jackson Smith and Jigba as the receivers. The running backs were DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, James Conner. Tight ends were, I'm sorry, and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, tight ends were Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. And then I rounded it out with a Washington Commanders defense and a kicker in Dicker the kicker, Cameron Dicker from the Chargers. Um, figure it's going to be a good offense. Uh, week one, they open with the Dolphins, so should see plenty of points. And, you know, again, the Dolphins' defense is good enough where they will they will hold up at various points in the, you know, on the field, maybe give up yards between the 20s, but then have a little bit of a little backbone in the red zone, forcing 30 and 40 yard field goals. Thanks for listening. Give me a, a five-star re review on whichever podcast platform you listen on, as well as uh, give me a follow on Twitter at B O'Donnell W N S on Twitter. So that's, O'Donnell, two N's and two L's, and WNS as in winning never sleeps. Thanks, and I'll be back on Tuesday.